welcome to Haptic Feedback with Shaco, mobile by design. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Kui, Vice President of Sales and Business Development for Shaco.com, and I'm here as the host of Haptic Feedback. And today, I have a really special guest, and uh, Ori uh, Imbar is not only a friend from a long time now. But he's got so many things that he's done, I can't even begin to tell you all of them. So maybe he'll get into it later. But he's uh, been the founder of Super Ventures, early stage uh, fund for AR development, co-founder and CEO of AugmentedReality.org. And he that owns and operates the AWE Conference Expo, which is probably the world's premier AR, XR, VR conference and expo that you can that you can see everything that has ever been done in the augmented reality world. Did, did I get that right, Ori, or is that all wrong? Uh, that was pretty good. Hi, everybody. <laughs> what you forgot to mention is that in 2009, I also started an AR games company called uh, Augmento, which developed some, some of the early versions of uh, mobile AR games. Not that different than Pokemon Go, but maybe a little early. And that company was later acquired by Apple, and that became the foundation for the AR kit that we all know and love. Wow. Wow. Plus, plus, you were a fighter pilot, right? I was a pilot in Israeli. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I had to throw that in there because I'm a pilot too. So you, you know that. So, anyways, well, thank you for joining us today. You know, you you not only have the conference, but you are one of the world experts in this space. And I thought it'd be appropriate to to bring you on board and talk about the metaverse, augmented reality, anything that happens to do in that world today, because. Many people that I run into, especially as we're talking to customers, they're really just hearing about it. Maybe they've read a lot about it, but they're very confused. They don't exactly know what to do. You know, AR, VR, NFTs, DAOs, I mean, 5G, blockchain. What is all this stuff? So from a high level, tell me what your, your concept of the metaverse happens to be. So uh, first, then I have to tell you this. I counted. This is the one thousand time I've heard that question this year. <laughs> and uh, I've heard as many answers, if not more, so far. So, I mean, it's definitely uh, a confusing term. And I think trying to define it right now is kind of a futile exercise. But here's sure. what I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, I think it's probably safe to say that in, in, a, in simple terms, the metaverse is the next stage of the internet when it becomes spatial when it becomes immersive, when we don't look just at the two-dimensional screen, but it's actually happening all around us. And, you know, what you know, you and I and many others have been working on in the AR and VR space for many years, we've been working towards that. But I have, you know, this kind of love-hate relationship with this M-word. And it's because, you know, on the one hand, it brought unprecedented awareness to what right. we've all been doing for all these years. That's right, for many years. But on the other hand, it makes things that we already do today, that already exist today, seem too futuristic and far off. So at the but last you conference, you did, a, you did a talk on stage that was called Metaverse versus Smetaverse. <laughs> so tell us about what you meant there, because that's, I think that's a, sort of a, a lead into what you were just saying. Exactly. I mean, that, that's kind of just trying to reflect the, the craziness around the, the hype around the metaverse and, uh, and the confusion and the fact that, you know, it, it's kind of becoming this huge buzzword that means everything to everyone 
And in that sense, it also loses some of its meaning. So what I was trying to do there is, is first, you know, just to, um, to, to play with the, the audience and, and kind of bring some of the things that we are seeing in the metaverse and some of the things that are called the metaverse but are really not that connected to it because, again, everybody's throwing whatever they do into that bucket. So, you know, I was just asking questions and, and the audience was supposed to say, Metaverse, if it's good for the metaverse, or Schmetaverse, if it's not so good for the metaverse. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. And I think people kind of got this idea. Yeah. It's a little bit of humor, but also educating in some way. No, I, I think you're right. The audience got a big kick out of it. And, and I like what you said that really this is sort of, think about it in easy terms, is like the next generation, you know, internet, right? It's, it's going beyond where we are today instead of throwing out all these terms that people go, what? You know? And try to figure out what and, it and means. You know what? The, the other thing is that when you say the next generation, for different people, it means completely different things. You sure. Know, for, the, for the crypto guys, it's really Web3. It's a whole new way to build the, the, the internet, which doesn't necessarily have to do a lot with the immersive aspect, you know, that we in AR and VR right. are looking at it, right? So, and, right. you know, for, for the financial folks, the finance people, it's kind of the new bank, you know? It's like everything is going to be made out of money, literally. You know, everything is an NFT that, that yes. you can own and you can sell, whether it's the floor, the ceiling, the objects, the, what you're wearing, right? So, so for different people, it means different things. Yeah, I was talking to a company a few weeks ago and they were talking about, oh, we just created this new NFT. And I go, what is it? Well, we have an SDK, Software Development Kit, for those of you who don't, don't know what that means. And uh, we create this NFT and it's actually crypto money, and we can embed it in any app that you want and so that you can go out and gamify your app, even if it's a car reservation app. And if you find this thing hanging out there, you can collect it and you get crypto. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm seeing a lot of uh, pitches these days from startups that uh, just, you know, latch on to this, the, the, the metaverse term. And, uh, and you know, sometimes when you ask them, how are you going to make money? We're going to sell NFTs, you know, which... Which is uh, sometimes actually it's it's a, it's a good answer, but in most cases, it just means that you haven't really thought through the business model, yeah. and the real value that you can bring. Do you are you getting a lot of companies coming to you looking for funding for the metaverse? Yes, I mean the the number is is growing every week. I think you know when you look at the total uh, amount of investments, um, Q4 last year was the a record quarter the highest uh, amount of investments in AR and VR startups or metaverse companies. Yeah. And we're seeing the growth continuing this year. Uh, so uh, that also drives a lot of people to try and, you know, pitch and try, try to create new companies. So sure. that, that number is really growing these days. Wow. So let's, let's talk about, you know, for those people who don't know all the things that we just said, what it really means to them in everyday terms. Tell me about some of the things that you're seeing, some of the companies that are doing the metaverse, not just the big names like Facebook, but what you see happening in the space today. Well, that's, uh, it's actually a lot is happening. It's, it's, it could take a, you know, an hour just to list all these things. But I think, you know, first and foremost, we're talking about two big buckets that are really part of the overall metaverse umbrella. There's the AR, VR, AR part and the VR part. And for just for those who are still confused by these terms, you know, VR is when you put on a headset, you separate yourself right. from the real world and you go into another world. It could be, it could be transported into a different place, to a fantasy place, you can play games, connect with people. 
and so on. Uh, with AR, you stay in the real world. You still see everything around you, the people, the, the things. And you enhance it with a little bit of, uh, of content, uh, augmented content, so to speak, that allows you to have you know, a more engaging experience or just allowing you to do things that you do in a better way. So, so how is that really relevant to what's happening in the world? So let's start with, uh, with AR. And you know, AR has been around for a few decades now, um, but I think since 2010, we've really seen kind of a significant growth in the level of awareness and, and level of, of adoption. Initially with you know, mobile AR, for advertising, uh, you had the AR browsers like Wikitude that allows you to kind of look around and help you navigate. Right. But that that was kind of that has proven to be not so uh, effective at the time. So you know, if you look at the hype cycle, there was a kind of a bit of a disappointment after that. But AR for advertising and later on for shopping and kind of trying before you buy things, so you can see how a sofa will look in your ho- in your home or or how the glasses will look on your face, or even makeup and hair color and all these things. So today you can actually, uh, you, you see hundreds of millions of people that actually use it to, uh, to buy things uh, from home. And that has accelerated significantly since the pandemic because people couldn't go shopping. So they, they did a lot of the shopping using AR from home. But then there's uh, a lot of other things that people are using AR for. I mean, of course, there's the entertainment and social things that we've seen since 2015, 16 with Pokemon Go and with the Snapchat uh, filters, which are now, you know, have been copied by Instagram and and TikTok and I think recently also Pinterest and and others. So that's kind of just a great way to get to know what AR can do in a a kind of a silly, fun way. Uh, But I think it educated a lot of people about the potential of what it is. And again, today, or I guess since 2020, We've reached a number of 1 billion people that have used AR on mobile devices. And that's that it really helped kind of drive this whole thing forward. But when you look at uh, AR in the, the future sense that we're all expecting it to be, which is on AR glasses, that kind of followed a different uh, adoption cycle. Again, that's been around for decades. I mean, you worked on been a company for a long in the 90s. That developed their glasses. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we, we all know the story with uh, Google Glass in 2013 that created a lot of hype, but then also a big Fell fall apart. in terms of the backlash, the cultural backlash, and the fact that really the world wasn't ready for that. But since then, you know, we've seen uh, a steady growth of adoption of air glasses in enterprises. And most people don't know, but today there's, uh, I think, about 1.5 million workers that use AR glasses every day to enhance their work, just to be more productive, safer, or just, you know, be able to do their job kind of when they're training, you know, they can learn much faster and become as good as, as experienced workers. And what are they using? Uh, they're using, you know, things like HoloLens and Magic Leap, Vuzix headsets, which you, I guess you also know right. pretty closely. Yes. And, uh, you know, Epson glasses and, and, and others, and even Google Glass. Actually, it's still being used a lot, quite a lot in, in enterprises around the world. So, so that's been gradually uh, adopted, and it's because it's delivering real value to those businesses. Uh, of course, you know, when you look at AR glasses or smart glasses for consumers, there were, there were a few attempts in the last few years that haven't really succeeded in getting to a, you know, a large number of people adopting it. Uh, some of the examples are, uh, you know, North 
uh, that had uh, really cool yes. glasses. They looked like regular glasses, uh, but they were also kind of facing some uphill battle and uh, eventually were acquired by Google. Uh, and then recently, there's uh, Enreal, a company from China that is really targeting the consumer space. And so far, it seems like they're doing pretty well. Uh, we're all waiting for Apple's glasses, which we feel like will really change the game. And, and uh, it will signal two things. One is that the market is ready because Apple always times the market really well. Wait, so the new, new product categories. Uh, and it's probably going to be a really cool device, right? So uh, we're all looking forward to it. It's been, I think in the last maybe four years, it's been always next year. And it's still the case this year. So uh, we'll see if it actually comes out next year. Yeah, I, that's really exciting, I think, for everyone in, in the AR industry. Yeah, I think AR really is uh, uh, the entry point or the doorkeeper to what everybody is calling the metaverse uh, because it combines the things that you could potentially do both in the physical world and the so-called digital world. Where do you, where do you see things like, um, you know, like Niantic announced their Lightship product and they've got planet scaling mapping going on. Uh, how do you see that playing into what we are calling the metaverse? So, so let, let me take a, a small step back. So, I mean, we talked about AR so far. VR, of course, you know, is bigger headsets that block right. your view. And, and today, a lot of people are using it mostly for games and entertainment, for socializing, you know, for visiting live shows, music uh, concerts, and so on. And, and that's growing steadily. So, so the question is, okay, so what, what's going to happen in the metaverse? What are we going to use? Is it going to be an AR device or a VR device? And what we, I think most of us see in the industry is that these devices will eventually converge. So you'll have a device that allows you to walk around all day in the real world and talk to people and see things and get some enhancement. And then when you get home or to the office and you want to completely block yourself from the real world, it becomes a VR headset. So it kind of blocks the real world. So I think, you know, to your point, you know, AR in that, in that sense is an entry point. Uh, I think other people may use VR headset as the entry point into the metaverse, but eventually it will really converge into uh, a single headset that uh, could do both, the, the real and the virtual worlds. So why, why do you think companies should be excited about all this? Well, I think, you know, when, when the internet started, uh, again, nobody knew what it is. There were a lot of uh, terms to define it, a lot of people that were uh, afraid of it. Uh, but the more you saw companies adopting it and growing, and you know, becoming some some huge companies, uh, there was a huge FOMO around it. So you know, it's, this is the next wave of computing. Can I afford not to be in there? Right. So I think we're in a, in a similar situation right now, where the next internet is coming. A big part of it is already here. We're already using AR and VR to a large extent. So the first thing is make sure that you're not missing on this new wave. Whether you know you're a technology company or uh, an enterprise that is just looking for not to miss kind of the next uh, waves of, of computing. You know, if, if you're not going to do it now, if you're not going to try, then you may miss the boat and become a kind of a, a laggard. And, and that's, not, that's always not good to, to be a, a dinosaur in that sense. But I think, you know, so, so how is, is it really going to change our lives? There isn't like one simple way to, to describe that. I think the best way is to, to kind of go, you know, uh, area by area, vertical by vertical, or use case by use case, and, and just see how these technologies can really improve everything that we do today, whether it's at work, at home, 
whether it's for fun or or for uh, for business. And I think you know some of the the power of this new technology. And here I'm going to just use kind of an over overarching term for both AR and VR, that it can um, simulate the world. It can show you things that you cannot see uh, with the naked eye. And uh, so, so think about kind of getting, taking all the um, huge amount of data and information in the internet and bring it into your field of view. So you, you become smarter, you become better. Uh, you can be more engaged in what you do. Uh, you can enjoy it more. And, and uh, then, you know, if you look at kind of the, the killer app for the internet, what was the killer app for the internet? At the end of the day, uh, if you look at the top 20 websites or kind of web domains in the world, they're all about connecting people, collaborating, and educating. So I think that's probably a safe guess that with, with AR and VR and with the metaverse, these are going to be the main things that attract people to use those technologies. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to a company uh, the other day and, and talking about some of these items and, and how this data was coming together, as you said. And, you know, all of a sudden you could see the person's eyes sort of glazed over and they said, well, you know, what about security? What about my IP? What about all these things? How, how do you address that when you talk to people uh, about those concerns? So, you know, there's obviously a lot of concerns with uh, a new technology wave, mo- mostly because we don't know it, and, uh, but also because it's, it's a new thing. So things that we used in the past as the measures to prevent problems with security, safety, and, and privacy may not apply in this new wave. Uh, but a lot of it still applies. So, you know, just, I mean, if you look at the internet, have we really figured out how to provide real privacy, safety, and security? No, I mean, there's so much yeah, yeah. going on around that topic, right? So, so as you know, Charlie Fink said recently that we're probably going to repeat all the mistakes we made with the internet in this new wave. And, and that's kind of more of a, of a cautionary tale that, you know, we, we need to think about it harder. It's uh, what, what, there's no simple answer, obviously. Uh, I think it, what's, what, what is good about what's happening is that there's a lot of organizations out there, associations, which have uh, grown recently to, to try and tackle these things. And, and mostly it's to create a conversation uh, with you know, the big tech, the startups, the policymakers, uh, corporations out there to, to really discuss all these topics and try to figure out what's the best way to at least min- minimize or mitigate some of these risks. Uh, like I said, a lot of it, a lot of it is inherent in, in human nature and in technology. But there's there's a few things that we, that I think are really unique about this new wave. And one thing is that if today you know we feel like we're being tracked when we browse the internet, when we go into apps, what's going to happen with this new wave is uh, a million times uh, more complicated because you'll have all these cameras and sensors that track your every move. So they'll know much much more about you than than these companies have ever known about us. So. So privacy becomes even a, a bigger problem to tackle. And, you know, my, my personal opinion is that we need to, comp- to change a couple of things. One is uh, the way the products are built. They need to have privacy built into those products. And by the way, Apple is actually starting to do a lot of that in their products, N- not because they, you know, the Congress told them, but just because they believe it's, it's a value that they offer. And, and I think... Once you see privacy as, a, as an added value and you kind of build it into your product upfront, that could help mitigate a lot of these risks. 
But the other thing is, is just the business models that we're seeing today on the internet. There, most of it, you know, we look at companies like Google and Meta. It's based on tracking users and uh, and serving ads, right? I mean, so you give you they give you kind of a free product in return for your data, and that business model is driving a lot of these things that we many of us don't like, right? So yes. I think we need to think about how to shift the business model towards more of a you know, trading in, in information, trading in knowledge, but in a way that is anonymous, that in a way that is kind of helping you learn about things, but without compromising uh, privacy for specific people. How to do yeah. this? I don't know if I have the answer, but I know it's it's definitely an important goal. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking. Uh, I was talking to another individual that was that was creating uh, their version of the metaverse, and they were creating avatars for for folks, and each of the avatars became an NFT. And a person could actually assign their personal attributes to that NFT or DNA to that NFT. And, and in that way, they controlled what they put out there instead of, instead of someone owning, you know, what the information that happened to be there. So it'd be interesting to see if that carries through to all the different things that are happening on there, you know, um, with, with, especially with the avatars. Yeah, I mean the identity in the in the metaverse is, is a big thing, right? And and uh, many thought leaders are are saying uh, you got to have kind of one identity that you can carry with you to the different places in the metaverse. To everywhere, yes. Which other people think no. I mean, I I want to be you know uh, myself in in one metaverse that is more kind of uh, a part of the metaverse that is more real, and and I want to be a you know a fictional character in another part of it, right? So. But but at least you want to be able to to your point to kind of control what information you carry with you, how you're presented, and what people can know about you. But again, we didn't solve it in the internet, so uh, no. I think the the belief is that or the attempt here is to to try and solve it for the next waves. So yeah. We're sort of yeah. starting from scratch, which is, which is not exactly That's true, right. but maybe we have a chance to change things. Yeah, maybe. So all right, so. Um, in the metaverse, is there something specific that you personally, you know, have interest in? You want to see grow? So, I mean, you mentioned Niantic before, which is one of the companies that is really branding themselves as the the real metaverse company. Because you have, you know, Meta right. is the the metaverse company. By the way, that, that's a really interesting thing of how each company is kind of using the metaverse, but in in a way that serves in their, their own angle, way, right? So right. you have the the hardware. Of the metaverse, the Qualcomm and Nvidia, and you have uh, you know the uh, uh, like Roblox and Epic Games, which is kind of the the metaverse for kids for social interactions, and Apple, which is kind of the anti-metaverse, which is really interesting. I mean, they they actually stay away from this term because they're more on the AR side of things, which they believe will will uh, be a better way to sell their products, right? So uh, instead of uh, kind of being tucked away in a, in a virtual world, so. So what am I excited about the the metaverse? I mean, for me, it's it's more the AR angle, the the aspect of how can we make the world better uh, for us, for for uh, for you know when we communicate with other people, when we do things. So so things like you know what we see from Niantic, which you know it's kind of based on their success with Pokemon Go, but now really taking it to the next level and and offering yeah, absolutely. A way to uh, to overlay information on not just on on the face and not just, you know, Pokemon monster, your backyard, but but really enhancing, understanding all the shapes around you, all the objects, the people, and enhancing them with information that you need. Again, either 
for better collaboration, for better work, or, or just for better entertainment. So, so for me, kind of those platforms are really exciting. And, and on the hardware side, uh, you know, as we said before, you know, the, the, those glasses that will finally be ready for consumers, that consumers would be w- willing to wear all day and will allow to actually have a kind of the f- this fully immersive experience that sure. some of the glasses today either don't offer or, you know, they require to be really big and uh, are not useful for day-to-day work. I've been waiting for those for a long time, as you know. (laughs) So what advice do you have for any any company out there that either small or large that wants to get into the into the space? Yeah. So, I mean, we we, we talked about startups before. I, I think there's no doubt this is the biggest opportunity of our lifetime for for any startup and and also for large corporations to to really uh, take a stand in this new wave. Uh, to take a relatively early stage position and and lead in this new wave, for so that startups for uh, you know some of the big tech companies out there, I think you know for them they are uh, now seeing uh, a, the the revenues the growth from the mobile era starting to plateau, right? So they're looking for the next big opportunity. That's why Meta is investing ten billions a, a year. In the metaverse, Apple is spending at least as much, if not more, and, and many others as well. And it's because, you know, they're afraid to, to miss this next big wave. Again, the FOMO here, I think, is, is really driving a lot of these adoption. But when it comes to, you know, enterprises, to businesses out there, I think on one hand, you know, be uh, careful with all this crazy hype around the metaverse. Don't jump into it without really knowing what you're doing, what, without understanding what you want to do. Uh, I think, you know, the, a general rule is that whatever you do in real life, you should think about how you can extend it in the metaverse. So don't try to do something completely different, something that is going against your brand or unrelated to it. You have to think about a logical and organic extension of what you do in the real world into the metaverse. Uh, and, and I think that's just that litmus test is a great way for people to get a f- first handle on, on what yeah. to do there. Words of wisdom for sure, uh, especially after all the things that happen on a daily basis here and the things you read about. Uh, the one thing you didn't say was that an early adopter should come to AWE. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> So, I mean, for those, you know, whether you're in the industry or trying to get industry or just learn about what the metaverse is or how to adopt it, how you, to consider adopting it, uh, the AW community, and it's not just a conference, you know, it's, it's a community that is right. now running every day of the year on, uh, on our new uh, online platform called awe.live, uh, which is free. So you can go there, you can learn uh, from, you know, hundreds and even thousands of, of videos and talks uh, and demos from people. And you can also connect with people. There's thousands of people that are working in the industry that, that can connect with each other, uh, whether you know, through chat or even video calls. And, uh, and it's kind of a much more curated environment or you know, something that is really geared for the XR community compared to, say, LinkedIn or, or some other social networks. And then if you want to see it in person, if you actually want to try these headsets, which unfortunately cannot be done online, you have to go to one of our in-person events. Uh, the next big one is in June in California, which has been running. It's going to be the 13th year. That's right. 
we were expecting, uh, you know, five or 6,000 people to actually attend there in person with 250 exhibitors really across the entire ecosystem from software to hardware to solutions, games, enterprise, everything is going to be there. And then we also have uh, one coming up in China in August and in uh, Europe in uh, October. So, you know, no matter what continent you're in, you'll have uh, an AWE in-person event near you. Yeah, there are th the events is not just to simply plug your events, but the events are well worth going and attending. You learn a lot, you get a network. And if you're unsure of what all this stuff means and how to put it together, it's one place to learn. So, Ori, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on today. I appreciate it. I know we've known each other for a long time, so I owe you another favor. And uh, I, I really hope to see you uh, here in June. It's been a pleasure, Dan. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, take care. <laughs>